Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Folks, my special guest for episode 104 is founder of Shadows of the Unknown Paranormal, Jim Staley. Jim discusses how he got into the paranormal, some of the evidence his team has collected, and some of his favorite places to investigate. Before we get to the show, here is another listener-submitted true encounter, submitted by N.T., The house I grew up in was haunted. My father, in the late 60s or early 70s, saw an apparition and other weird things would happen. It was my grandparents' home, and my father, brother, and I moved in when my mom decided she wanted a divorce. Little things would happen here and there, like the feeling of being watched, walking around in my room, seeing shadows. One night, I remember waking up terrified. I looked around the room and sitting in a chair was this hideous, decaying-looking woman. Her eyes were pure white, and her hair was a fiery red. She motioned for me to come to her. I remember her having long fingernails, and when she motioned for me to come to her, it was like a weird movement. The only way I can describe it was like how actors would move in an old picture film. The air was thick. The last thing I recalled was my head hitting the pillow. I woke the next day just thinking about it. I told my cousin, who was religious, and she said a prayer outside in front of the house. I got sick afterwards and believed it was a retaliation from this thing. I couldn't swallow, so I would refuse to eat. My grandma noticed I was getting thinner and not eating. She prayed and sprinkled holy water on me. I was then able to eat. Fast forward. When I was 15 years old, I started to get involved with witchcraft and occult stuff. I was always into the paranormal. I had many books that had spells in it, and one book had summoning spells. My dad also bought me a spirit board. It was a big no-no in the house. My grandparents were really religious. I thought it was a great idea to try it out in the house. I used it, but nothing happened. So I continued to practice spells. At the time, my cousin would come over and play it too. Well, a couple nights later, something woke me up with growling in my ear. I couldn't move, but could feel a presence there. This happened every night at the same time. I did get the courage to open my eyes once, and standing by my bed, a black, hooded shadow figure was there, just watching me. After a while, I decided to move across the street. My aunt and cousin lived across the street from us. I thought it would go away and stop. No, it followed me there too. The same thing would happen. Something would growl in my ear to wake me up. I couldn't move. I eventually decided to sleep on the floor in my aunt's room for a couple of nights. Well, directly across from her room was the room that was my bedroom when I lived there. I felt like something was watching me the whole time, and I knew it was pissed at me. One night, when I slept in my room at my aunt's house, I was woken up and was not able to move, and when I opened my eyes, I saw two eyes staring down at me. It was glowing with slits like cat's eyes. I started to babysit during the week for my aunt, who lived in the town right next to us, and started to sleep over there Monday through Friday. I was happy to stay someplace else, still thinking it was not going to follow me. But it did. The first night, when I was trying to fall asleep in the guest bedroom, there was a light above the bed that you had to touch, and it would dim on the first touch, second touch be bright, and third touch would turn lights off. Well, when I was laying in bed... The light started to act nuts and went off, on, off, on. I noticed the air got thick, so I ran out of the room. But when I closed the door behind me, I had to park all quietly in the hallway because I didn't want to wake my little cousin up. When I passed his room, I heard whispering coming from it. I assumed it was my cousin talking to himself, so I just tried to listen to what he was saying, but I couldn't understand it. 
I fell asleep in the living room, and in the morning, I told my aunt that I think my cousin was up. She told me he wasn't in his room last night, but was asleep with her and my uncle the whole night. I realized that this thing was going to follow me everywhere I go, so I decided to move back to my grandparents' home when I wasn't working. One night, I was woken up with a growling and not being able to move. My foot was sticking out of the covers. It was the summertime. Something with sharp nails touched my foot. Another night, I slipped downstairs because it was the coolest area in my home. I was woken up because I heard footsteps running down the stairs. I thought it was my father, but realized my father and brother went to a camping trip for the weekend. Not being able to move, I saw standing in the doorway with this half-man, half-goat creature. It kept on disappearing and reappearing until it got next to the sofa. It told me to go upstairs and that my grandmother wanted me. I ran upstairs and went where my grandma was, and she was sleeping. A few days later, my grandmother told me she was having reoccurring dreams about me signing a book with the devil. The activity started to get worse. I would take naps during the day to catch up on my sleep, because I was not sleeping well at night. The thing would appear during the day. I was taking a nap, and I opened my eyes, because I felt a presence, and standing by my bed was a thing pretending to be my grandfather. Its eyes were full of hate, and it was very animalistic the way it was standing. Not human-like. One Saturday, my other cousin was sleeping over, and I told her about the summoning book, and we did one of the spells. Something turned off the fan, and we heard walking around in the room. It sounded like something with hooves. Eventually, this thing started to wake me up and talk to me. It told me it was going to kill my family and then me. That was my last draw, and I decided to get rid of the board and the book. I threw it in the garbage. That night, I was woken up with the thing telling me it was going to come back. When I got older, I got married and moved out. Periodically, I would have dreams about the half-man and half-goat. Some of the dreams were disgusting. We bought a two-bedroom condo, and things were peaceful. When I turned 30, I got pregnant with my first child. Second trimester, I would sometimes sleep downstairs on the sofa because my back would hurt. That night, I was woken up, and I couldn't move. I could hear something jumping onto the banister and jump onto the couch where I was sleeping. It touched my stomach. I woke up scared, thinking it hurt the baby. But my baby was okay. When my son was born, he would sleep in his bassinet by my bed. One night, I was laying in bed watching TV, and my son was in the bassinet. I noticed my TV was blacking out. I looked up, and something was on his head and was growling at something in his room. He looked like he was scared and seeing something. Things here and there would happen, but nothing like what had happened when I was 15. I do believe the thing is dormant. Wow, thank you, NT, for taking the time to submit your encounter. That was pretty terrifying. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or if you'd like me to narrate your paranormal encounter... Just drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment. Tell your friends. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell the world about Paranormal Heart Podcast. You can tell them that new episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. Now, on with the show. Hello, Jim. Welcome to Paranormal Heart Podcast. Thank you. So you are a paranormal investigator just like I am. So can you tell us what were the beginnings for you? What what were the paranormal beginnings for Jim Staley? I had my ex first experience when I was 12 years old. Um with my brother, which he's part of my group now. Um, we saw a white mist, still can't explain to this day. We've been searching for the answer. Uh, 2005, we started, uh, a couple friends of mine started the group, and we started searching the paranormal then. Uh, in 2012, I actually took over the group, and I am making it better and bigger so I, I've been on a couple of paranormal shows already, so they nice. didn't want to do that. So, well, here I am doing it. <laughs> well, maybe they're a little bit of Mike shy there, maybe. 
So the name of the group is Shadows of the Unknown Paranormal. Yes. How many are in the team? Uh, 11 of us. Wow, that's a fair-sized team. Yeah. Uh, we're still growing. We, we were going to be expanding out to Utah, but it did not fall through because the investigator out there ended up getting in trouble, so it got discontinued. So we're going to keep on the East Coast here. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good size. Uh, my team started out with about that that many, and now we're down to four. And I think we have a new member, so maybe five now. So um, we're just a small team. Well, I treat everyone like my family. Well, you kind of have I'm to. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. You kind of have to because I find um, if if you feel like your family, I just find that the investigation goes uh, smoother. You can almost read what the other investigators on the team are going to be doing, and it just kind of works a little better. Yeah, we just lost a member. She quit. So it actually happens a lot. I didn't want to go by the rules that I, I put in play. Yeah, that happens sometimes. It's unfortunate, but it does happen. So can you tell us what was your first investigation as a team? Uh, our first thing uh, was a private residence. I can't remember all the details. It was a private residence. And then we finally moved into a business, which I did a little bit of research on and did it and everything. And um, my team members actually scoped it out before we actually did an investigation. And when we got the place to investigate and everything and they were there sitting in a booth. They were telling the story about a silver being thrown from a booth. And it's the actual booth they were sitting in when they were scoping it out. We got into that place and everything, which we didn't catch very much at all. Just, you know, little orbs. But that's, you know, orbs don't always mean nothing. Yeah. So we just like, okay, moved on from that. And then we went to another investigation, to another building was built back in the 1700s while we were setting up and then after we set up it ceased a rocking chair was rocking on its own and i was getting ready to sit in <laughs> and it freaked me out a little bit but <laughs> i was like guys you do you see that chair <laughs> you're like yeah we see it <laughs> uh, my experiences on things that like i can't explain i i, I see my ex up in our car that like investigation she, she died a couple years ago she's been gone five years oh sorry um we went to an investigation and everything at a place called um called captain phillips uh, and we went down there and did an investigation and everything this is where i contacted her with the k2 meter and everybody knows if you go up to a toad you know it's going to hop away mm-hmm. well there was two toads by one of our cameras would not leave the camera side well, you stepped toward it, it moved a little bit and stayed right there. And I looked at my crew. I said, guys, I said, you know, Christy and, and Paul are here with us tonight and everything because they're by the cameras. They're toad form. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew they were there. Um, we had a nice in- investigation there. Um, the team uh, has done them. A couple places and everything, I still can't explain things. We just got done doing a prison near us and everything. It's back to be on TV. I don't know if you watch Destination Fear. I have in the past, but I don't watch it now. If you look up the Crescent Sanatorium one and everything, um, also Jason Hawes, mm-hmm. the team has been up there with the Ghost Brothers. They've been up there, and that's only like 15-minute drive from me. I was up oh, there wow. a couple weeks ago with my I'm of my team members and everything with my second lead and my wife and everything. And we were actually, you know, just going through, just exploring the place pretty much. Not just taking pictures and everything. We actually found a shadow behind my second lead standing there. And he was filming the mess hall. Um, you see a shadow walk with him while he's panning the camera and dissipate real quick. Um, I have been sent pictures to analyze for people and everything. I sent them back to give them my answer and usually they get the same answer back. But but the team's name is named pretty much after what my ex named it because when I took over we had to come up with a better name and she came up with that name and it stayed the same. I was going to change it but in keep her memory alive mm-hmm. I kept the same. That's nice. And my son appreciates that every day. You know, he he's uh, he. 
opportunity for me, so... I'm sure she appreciates it, too. How old's your yeah. son? 19. Does he ever go on investigations with you? He believes in the paranormal, but he won't do it. Okay. He, he had an experience that scared him of that, so he, he won't do it. You know, so I understand, you know, you're not like your mother, but still, you know, his mother got attacked. I, I got actually got attacked twice since I took over my team, and I just got attacked at the prison because I was feel, I was in a tunnel. I felt something. I thought it was a bug or something, you know, flicking it off, you know. And I got outside the tunnel, and I looked at my wrist and everything. There was like a small scratch on my wrist. I was like, uh-huh, here we go again, getting attacked again. Me forgot my Saint Michael pendant. So what can you do? I mean I got I got let's see when I got first got attacked, I got scratched at the cemetery where we first began. One of the small investigations where we began, and then um at a private residence I knocked me to the ground, which I got back up and walked outside and not let the client see me, you know, that something's wrong. Yep. And I walked back into the house and I said I say, make one my hands. Whatever you are, you don't scare me, and, and it knocked it out of my hand. And I was like, okay, this thing wants to play. Whatever it is, so I got my one best guy said, you need to help this family. I don't know what else to do. We need to help them ASAP. And then after that, I guess it ceased. Can you tell us what kind of activity that family was having that led you to go investigate? Um, mostly um, shadow people. Um, a man that died in a fire in the building years and years ago. It used to be a hospital at one time. They converted it into apartments. So something was evil there. I couldn't place what it was. I mean, I can sense them and everything, but sometimes I have to hurry up and put that guard up and everything because you get that nervousness and everything. I, I try to hurry up and do the what they're going to try to do. Do you have any um, psychic abilities yourself? I don't think I have that. But I can sometimes see the spirits like at um, Captain Phillips a few years back. I think it was a two years before my ex passed away. We were at Captain Phillips and she was teaching me how to channel into the spirit, the spirit world a little bit and everything. And then I closed my eyes and I said, and I opened my eyes. I said, there's a man standing top of the hill watching us. She goes, okay, um, What's he wearing? I said he's wearing red, white, red, white, and black war paint, and, and it was Indians standing there watching every move that we was making, and I can feel it. You know, you know that place. It's active, but it's not active when it wants to be. You know, sometimes it does feel like it's active, but sometimes I think when it's a bigger crowd, when it really, really gets active. Oh, really? Because I know, because I know my wife, um, and another investigator caught on, on the her phone um, gunshots in the distance, and we knew we didn't hear with the naked ear, and she caught it with her phone. My other investigator caught it with hers. The recorder caught it, and that same night, my wife actually had an we was taking a picture of her doing EVPs and everything, you can actually see an arrow, shaped an arrow coming toward her, her her head. Wow. So, I mean, the guys that died there were actually left to die and everything. They were actually buried there on spot um, and everything. Because there were so many stories about what happened that day on, in 1770, what was 1796. On July 16th, 1796 is when Captain Phillips and his rangers were surrounded by Indians. They took his son Elijah. They're saying they took him to Kentucky. Another one said they took him to New York. Another one said they took him to up in Canada. So I, I don't know the story. I talked to a person that's writing a book and everything because somebody said they got, they're gutted, left to die. And then he's telling me resources that he found out that they were tied to a tree and they were arrowed to death. So I'm getting two different kind of sides of it. And I'm still doing research on this place as much as I can and everything. I, but I, I'm not getting all the facts. Yep. You know, the, the, the historic society doesn't have much on it 
this what I can get on the internet. They give me a website, you know, just go here, look up this and everything. You'll get some info. Well, they didn't give me all the info I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I investigated. I mean, I, I see one of the oldest places I ever invested. Uh, one of the oldest places I investigated. And that's way back, you know, after this country was, you know, bicentennial and stuff like that and everything. It was like, what, 20 years later after? But she, when she, when my ex was there, she felt like she her guts were being ripped out. I actually caught a shadow standing across the steps from where my one investigator was sitting and everything. And that's when I, I, when I saw that picture, I didn't see it the first time. When I was going through the pictures and everything, I was actually showing one of my new investigators. Now she is my head tech girl. Um, I was showing her some pictures from past investigations and stuff like that. I said, wait a minute, what was that in that picture? And then I showed her and it's like, yeah, there is something standing there. I mean, we've been to Gettysburg, which I love going to Gettysburg. I've never been. I hope to be able to go someday. Yeah, we, we all, there's, a, um, there's a guy, they call, they call him Tennessee which we don't know who he is. They just call him Tennessee. He likes to smoke cigarettes at Saks Bridge in Gettysburg. We we did a cigarette test and everything, and it smoked a cigarette, and we actually got it to turn when we asked it to. Um, we did it again and see what would happen, and, and it actually turned without even saying nothing to it. And... Later, we didn't. I didn't catch it on film. I thought we did, but I watched the video again. But we didn't. But we asked it if it said there was somebody in this group that you do not like, put the cigarette at him. Oh, well, one investigator didn't like. So, I, like I said, I, I still can't figure out who he is. I've been trying to do research as much as I can, and I can't find nothing about this guy, who he is, and stuff like that. Because I know years and years ago, before I took over the group. We went down to Saks Bridge in Gettysburg. Um, we took my, my friend's son with us and everything. We were doing like a small little investigation. He wanted to go with us. So we did a small investigation with him. You know how kids are. They want to explore with yep. with their dad, which that's good. You know, you know, it gives them something to look up to. But my one buddy was up on the bridge investigating with the recorder. I was down with the other buddy with his son and everything. And he goes, do you, what was he saying? He was asking questions and everything is, are you a drummer boy? Anybody here is a drummer boy? He was asking, are you a soldier? Can you make this beer light, uh, light up and stuff like that? Are you uh, a soldier or you're a general? I kept on asking all the questions from, you know, who they are and everything. I said, final question. I'm going to ask you one last question and everything and see if you respond. Are you a drummer boy? That thing spiked through the roof. Oh, um, the night before we went down there with his son, I think we, we went down there, we had a little encounter. He actually saw somebody standing on the bridge before when he walked on. He yelled for me to go get the camera because he wanted to, to document it. So I did, but as soon as I got there, I had the temperature gauge. Something told me to grab the temperature gauge with me. The temperature dropped so far and everything. He goes, okay, where are you with that camcorder? Because he didn't know I was on the bridge with him. I felt this coldness at the back of my neck. At the same time, the temperature dropped, and I turned around. It was gone before I even got the chance to put the camera around mm-hmm. because he saw the same exact figure stand behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got smells of gunfire, um, and we were yelling for our one investigator who was up on the bridge to get down the path beside the bridge. You needed you know, witness yourself and everything. He's like, what's going on? What's going on? I said, smell. He's like, I don't know. What is that? He's like, it's musket. And, and then you hear, you know, and smell, you know, cannon fire. And that's the thing you know, as soon as we're all together, I hear ba-boom, 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 boom, you know, like all around us. When I did the research on it, it's supposed to happen at night. And if a fog rolls in, you're in for the treat. That's when that's supposed to happen. But this was during the day. But what stunk was we didn't catch any of it on recording. Ah, oh. I was upset and everything. I can imagine. But but the experience that you have that you can tell stories about it, it's the best feeling you can think. Of. But I love every minute of it. But I go down to Saks Bridge once in a while. I was like I took 
the wife down. She's never been to Gettysburg a few years ago. Uh, before we got into Gettysburg and everything, um, I said, you're going to fill it. She said, okay, uh, I'll take your word for it. As soon as we hit the outskirts of Gettysburg, she was starting to fill it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What was she sensing? She was sensing d- denial, the hurt, the pain. Mm-hmm. We were there and everything because I was taking you know, the tour of Gettysburg. Because my mom was with me, because she always wanted to go to Gettysburg, too, because my mom moved up from Virginia back home to Pennsylvania. And so we, we took her down and everything. My mom said she, she felt somebody not ta- uh, tap her on the sh- uh, shoulder. Now, Saks Bridge was used as a field hospital, they said, and, and all the different things. And that's probably why my mom got tapped on the shoulder. And everything, like, probably why I say, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I I felt some pain there myself and everything. I have a, my great-grandfather was in Gettysburg. Um, I he, found he out a couple years there? ago. Yes. Oh. He, he lived, he came back home and became a lawyer. A lawyer or judge, one of them. But going on the the monument and seeing my grandfather my grandfather's name on there, it, it felt honored because my uncle, uncle Donnie and him are buried near each other, and I, I thought it would be awesome, you know, because my da- my daughter loves it. She she's happy because we hey we have ties to Gettysburg. Yeah, it's like maybe that's why I like Gettysburg so much because I have the ties, but I didn't know it to a few years back. But with paranormal stuff and everything with it, 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 it just, I mean, I can see things like, how can I say this? I actually can say I actually felt my dad at one time where my dad died at. I felt his energy. I knew he was around for some reason. I don't know why he was around. I think because he wanted to be near me one more last time before he crossed over. I actually saw my dad when I had something happen to me I, I pretty much died at my house and my dad looked at me and came to me and says go back to earth it's not your time and then dad I did it again and dad's like no go back to earth how many times do I have to tell you it's not your time yet <laughs> yeah I was with my dad two days before he passed and it still hurts but I know dad's with me somewhere, but, uh, you know, I, I go past his grave all the time and I think sometimes I'll stop. Sometimes I have been over there for a while because mm-hmm. I've been busy trying to take care of my paranormal stuff and everything. I, I, I do another thing besides paranormal and everything with my second lead that he's in charge of a, of a group that we run and everything. Um, pretty much we work with the police and stuff like that for Hmm. How long? How long have you been doing that? With um, we've been doing it since February. Okay. Is there any part of that that you're able to discuss? If not, that's totally fine. I. It's pretty much um, what I do. I go out and I help find child predators. Ah, good for you. That can't be easy. It's hard because I get a case that I have incidents and stuff like that. I'm not getting into. I just kept my composure. I like my party. We had a guy that we caught and everything. He just got sentenced a couple months ago. He got sentenced 25 to 50 years. Oh, wow. Good. And I'm proud to do this too and everything because we love this and everything. My second lead, you know, he's he's been in the paranormal field for a while and everything. He was with a group before. Um, things didn't go good with that group, so he left that group and then he saw me make a post one time on, on a site in the area and stuff like that. And he, he's an admin to the page. So he called me up and everything. Hey, you just still looking for members? I was like, yeah. Um, and I talked and everything. And I put him as my second lead because of his knowledge. And then because the wife is right there too. You know, she she's the co-founder. She's, she's in charge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he does the firing on people. But actually hired a few people. And everything, or some stuff. And, you know, another person I don't like, he did, so they got pretty much in. 
stuff like that. Like tomorrow we're having a meeting and everything that, because we had an investigation, something happened at the investigation. So we had to discuss and, and, you know, get situated. So do you do a lot of residential investigations? We do a lot. Yes. We had like, um, one not very far from uh, the house here. We, we, I don't know if you ever ran into a hat and while you were investigating. No, not while I investigated, but I used to see a hat man as a child. So can you describe the uh, hat man that this little girl was seeing? Because I used to see the hat man as a child, but he was short. But she said it was a tall man with a cowboy hat and a trench coat. Pretty much you, you know how spirits are when a child is getting ready to be in its teenage years. You know, when they're changing life, life and everything. And that's what we feared and everything because we did a little research on this and research on that. And I said, like, we, we, we got to get to this house yep. and help this family as much as we can and everything. And whatever we did, it, it pretty much quiet down. That's good. Maybe you were scared of us. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe knowing that uh, they call an investigative team uh, was enough to be able to scare it away. I'm hoping. But she hasn't called back lately or nothing and everything. Usually I keep contact with them. She said so far nothing's been going on. So Good. How long had this little girl been seeing the hat man? A uh, couple of How long was it, hon? A couple months, wasn't it? Yeah. A couple months mm. she was seeing it and until it was scaring the living crap out of her. Yep. And she, she called other paranormal teams. They would not get back to her and, and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's not right. You know, there, there's a team in the same city I live in and everything I cannot stand. I mean, you know, as a paranormal investigator, you don't know if you're walking into a field of demons. No one knows that. Um, this team mentions on their website, we don't hunt demons. And... I shook my head. I, I worked with them one time. Not, you know, I worked with a, a, a double investigation with, I worked with them and everything. I would not work with them again. They don't comment on things and send me invites no more, thank God, because I'm not going to go be a part of the, their society way they do things because I don't believe what they do is right. I try to do everything by the book. I try to keep my team safe, and I try to keep, if we're doing a family, we try to keep them safe and everything. But this this team, I I will not work with ever again in my lifetime. Yeah, they might be on the news around here and stuff like that, but I don't see them doing stuff like what I'm doing right now with you. I don't see them doing anything at all. I, I won't work with them. I, I just, I had an investigator, which his name is Mike. He's no longer with my crew anymore. He actually retired from the field. Which he actually gave me all of his equipment. Oh, nice! Everything. He said, "Here, I'll give it all to you and everything and stuff like that. You know, it's going to go to good home and be good use." He went to. They did a. Uh, I helped him one time do a. It was an investigation benefit, and that night, I heard some rumors flying around about stuff and everything, which I hope wasn't true. Which I found out from one of their own members said it was true. Uh, Mike went to a investigation with him one time. This is before Mike and I met and everything. Um, he went in there and did an investigation with him. Um, they said there was poltergeist activity in, the, in this building and stuff like that. And Mike looked at the, the carnage and everything. And Mike just gathered his stuff up, walked back out and left. Because Mike has over 30 years experience, you know, under his belt and everything. He knows what to look for, for stuff like that and everything. He just walked away. What do you mean when he said he looked at the carnage? They, you know how poltergeist activity is and stuff like that. He didn't see no evidence of poltergeist and everything. The way everybody knows how poltergeist looks and everything in the field and everything. If you do it long enough, you, you know what to look for and everything. But there's nothing like that. And he, he just pretty much walked away from him and everything. And I, him and I talked about it. And I said, that's the same team I'm talking about. Like I said, I run my team mostly by the book as much as we can and everything. And, and I can't stand people where they do the wrongs. If you're going to be a paranormal investigator, don't do it. 
don't do nothing stupid. But people don't understand the field and everything, how much time and sweat and guts you have to go through to be a paranormal investigator. I love the field so much and everything. I want to keep going as far as I can. And, you know, I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to stop. That's one of our slangs, one of our, our other thing. I said, we, on our other group, we always say, hey, we're not going to stop. But I believe, that, you know, with my, my saying with my group is, I believe there's life after death. And I, I witnessed it. <laughs> I mean, I want to keep going as much as I can, but I, I can't stand people that do things wrong with groups and stuff like that and everything. And like, just, I don't know if you watch anything on YouTube, this one group. That was a, I can't remember what it's called on top of my head, but they were drinking on YouTube and they're at the cemetery where I got attacked at and everything. And I'm shaking my head. I was like, you guys, I don't know how you guys got permission to go up there, do an investigation and drink. Drinking alcohol while doing an investigation? Yes. Yeah. I just, I, I just shook my head. I was like, that's, that's not going to work. You're, you're just asking yourself to get attacked or get yourself in trouble, whatever. I mean, I and my rules and everything, I always talk about drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. If you're under the influence with any of that yep. stuff and everything, you're not going to be yeah, a part of Yeah, we're the same way. No drugs or alcohol. You don't want to be under the influence of any of anything because it could be harmful to you, to you and you could be harming your team members as well. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and plus, you know, it's an, you're an easy target, too, you know. To me, it tells me that they don't really take the field seriously, but um, I don't know them. But, yeah, that's what it tells me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're on YouTube and everything. I watched some of the videos, and I saw them up the cemetery where I was and everything. I was just shaking my head. I was like, I don't know how you guys got approval for this. But Maybe they didn't get approval. They just went because a lot of teams do that. They don't ask for permission to go to some locations. They just go. Yeah. That's what we try to do. You know, it's hard. Like around where I'm living, at, it's hard hard to find the caretakers or the people that you know run the place and everything. Hey, can we get permission to investigate this and this? Some you can't find them half the time, or sometimes yeah, they'll give you permission and stuff like that. Like I had was I was down at Captain Phillips one time. I was actually showing a friends of mine Captain Phillips and everything. It was actually late at night one day. The cops showed up, you know, and stuff like that and everything. And he goes, what's going on here or anything? You, you know, I was told what's going on. So I'm a paranormal investigator. I'm just actually showing the monument and stuff like that about, you know, the Captain Phillips and everything. Oh, you're fine. I said, I'm, I'm just a paranormal investigator just showing these guys. Yep. And everything. I said, I'm not doing nothing wrong. I swear to God. And, you know, he looked around. He's okay. He left, you know. You always leave it the same way you, you, you walked into that, that investigation and everything. I mean, I respect these people that lost their lives down in Capitol. I mm-hmm. respect the people in the graveyard and everything. I think the graveyard that I investigated, I have friends up there buried and everything, stuff like that. I did a balloon release for my one investigator there, but he's not buried there. But it was one of his favorite spots he liked investigating because I remember when we were training an investigator up there, I actually heard his voice being oh, really? lid while he was talking. and. Yes, because I don't know how in the world it knew. It's, I don't know how sometimes the spirits can eliminate people's names and everything because I was listening to him, him talking, asking questions and everything. And I heard his name was Paul. Now I have another Paul on my team, but I heard him, you know, mm-hmm. talking. And I like, I looked at him. He goes, "You, you hear something?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah," <laughs> you know. So. I threw the headphones out of my ears. I gave him the you know recorder. I said, "Listen." He's like, "He listening." Oh my god! <laughs> you know, it gave chills up his spine. Now oh, that really? cemetery, we caught a death angel there, which I still have. The, my actually, but this is before I took over the team. My actually ex found hmm. the picture. Can Can you describe what the what the picture looked like? It's pretty much dark. And it's shadowy and everything. It, it was blending into a tree. It was actually in two different shots and different angles of the, the graveyard and everything. And it was standing there. And I, I looked at it and looked at it. And I analyzed it myself and everything. And I got chills up my spine. And when I showed it to my friends that started the group with, 
because I after we, we took over the group, that's when we started analyzing the old pitchers to see if we caught anything. Because he didn't really go through the pitchers right. And then when my ex was going through the pitchers and she saw that and everything, she showed it to him and everything. He was sitting on his computer chair. He fell back in his computer oh, chair. Wow. The computer shut down. And yeah, so it, it's like whatever it was, it just kind of probably came near him and hurry up and shut that computer down. Um, my one investigator back then, he actually quit because he saw two full body apparitions. He saw one there at the cemetery and then one in Gettysburg. So after that, he pretty much quit. But there's other reasons why he quit. But I think he was scared. <laughs> I mean, I seen shadow. I saw, I seen shadows before and everything. It didn't scare me, you know, with my naked eye. Like I, at the prison, I saw one following us in the the tunnel. <laughs> so, do you prefer going to places like Gettysburg, or or do you prefer doing residentials? I do whatever I get called out to. I, I do both and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to help a family and I'll, I, I, I want to prove that there is life after death and everything. I mean, I've been investigating long enough that I, I'm, I'm a believer that there is because I, <laughs> when I had my experience when I was young, I, I still searched for it. I went up a few years ago with the wife she actually's been at this place where i had my experience at when she was young and everything i uh, she felt something there and everything i said just don't go to the left you know i said don't go down that path stay up here you know i'm not going i i won't go near it you know but the one place i'll stay near but the other one forget it i won't go near it because i know there's something evil there and i'm not gonna risk anything i mean i remember years ago back i went up there and we were gonna i was gonna show my one ex what i saw in this place where i stayed at and everything but i couldn't get there because it's pretty much a campsite where i saw this at and i wanted to show her so bad but i couldn't because there were people there so we were leaving and everything, and we we're going right by the cab and where I had my experience and everything. She goes, there's a man in the window. Oh, he's fine. Oh. I, I said, that's Paul. Paul's not going to hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> he's just waving high and saying hello to me and stuff like that, you know, because he's the good spirit that I noticed and everything, uh, and everything, you know, and there's an evil spirit down the hill from him and then stuff like that. And that's the, the cabin I won't go near. And I, I've been... Staying away from that, everybody's always should do an investigation up there. I said, I'm not going. <laughs> you guys can go up there all you want, but I ain't going. <laughs> but I'm not getting the permission for you guys to go up there because I don't want you guys harmed. Because I don't know if he's still working around or what, because I've been like my one investigator told me once something was following me. And I hurried up and got prayed for that day, you know, that week. I said, and she's this person, was he wearing this and whatnot? She said, no, he wasn't wearing that. I said, thank God it wasn't what I saw when I was young because somebody said I've been having something following me all these years and I thought it was him. And it wasn't him. I was like, thank God he can leave me alone. (laughs) But I won't go. Yeah. So I won't go near it at all. Yeah, above my pay grade. So before you do investigations, do you or your team members uh, do prayers? Do you carry crystals? We we do try to get um, blessed, and mm-hmm. we do a little single prayer for each and one of us and everything. Like one time we did a uh, private residence. Um, when my investors couldn't make it, I actually called her on the phone. She actually did a prayer for us before we, we walked nice. into that, that private residence house over the phone. But we did catch evidence that night. I still can't explain it. <laughs> um, but we usually, you know, try to get blessed and everything because I usually try to have my St. Michael pendant, which I lost it one time. I couldn't find where I put it. And we were, the wife and I were changing our room around one time and I lost it in the meantime. And one day we were changing the room around again. Nice. And then we yeah. found it. I was like, yeah. there it is. <laughs> so can you, can you walk us through what a typical investigation is for you? Like from start to finish, how you prepare for it, what you do before, during and after? Pretty much what we do, we do a walkthrough with the client. Uh, we ask, you know, pretty much where the spots are and stuff like that, where most of the activity is, you know, um, 
sometimes I'll sense stuff and everything. And sometimes I won't walk into a room. Like I got called into an investigation one time. I always ask people, have you ever played with a Ouija board? And someone will say no. And I said, okay, well, that one investigation I was supposed to do. She said, I never <laughs> play with a Ouija board. I said, yeah. are you sure? I like, okay. She says, no. So I'm walking into this room. You know, and I, I felt this energy. I was like, walked right back out, felt normal. I walked back in. And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever's in this room, it doesn't like me. I don't like it. Well, I was taking photos. I, I, I grabbed myself together and everything. So I started taking photos and everything, you know, for document of this. Because we did a walkthrough before the investigation, before I actually approved the investigation because she was scared. And I walked through that house. And I just, I felt the negativity in that one room and everything. And so when I got home, started analyzing the pictures, getting the way I was going to say, okay, I'm going to set this up here. Then I'm going to set that there, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> While I was going through the yeah. picture, there was a Ouija board tucked behind Always a dresser. Happens, eh? And I was like, I'm not doing this investigation. Uh-uh. I'm not walking through this and everything. I don't care what anybody says. I'm sorry. I, I, I'll help you, but I'm not going to help you with this because I don't know what evil you brought into this house. <laughs> you know, so I stay away from negativity as much as I can. But I want, if I have to help the family, I'm going to help that family as much as I can. Um, I go in there, you know, just like I said, I go in there, look for the spots, do my interviews with the clients and stuff like that. Get the witnesses, if there's any. And then, we, you know, pretty much we do our investigation and pretty much... We try if we if the client wants us to cleanse the house, we try to cleanse the house. If they want it yep. done, some people doesn't want it exactly. Yeah, I can't force them to cleanse their house. <laughs> so, but you know, like this one lady, we did an investigation for. Her. We asked her about the Ouija board too. She goes, "I never played with the Ouija board in my life." And my one investigator says, "Are you lying to me?" He he was very sensitive because no, I never played with one. She goes, "There's a there's a shadow behind you standing and everything." I'm looking right at him. I'm like, I say like four feet away from him. Only shadow I see behind him is his own shadow, <laughs> you know. And then she finally admitted, "Yes, I played with a Ouija board and everything." And, and she was telling us that she had another team come in to do an investigation and everything. When they were cleansing the house, they were doing sage and everything. She told us that the little girl could not be in the house while there's sage in the house and everything. And she told uh, told the person that there was sage in the house to tell them not to look at the person sage in the house in the eyes while she was saging. Yeah, this is not right. You're supposed to protect this family. This is a little girl. You know, she's mm-hmm. like, what? I don't know, how old was she? Like four years old at the time? And well, you're supposed to protect. That's the young. You can probably fight it off, but that little girl can't. And I, I investigated her house. I didn't catch nothing on audio or nothing and everything. I just, you know, I said I'll get back to you if I find anything. I never got back to her because there was the evidence that she was claiming to us and everything was not adding up. So I was like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> yes, some people do that to me, like. Uh, We've told countless uh, um, clients, you know, when we ask, have you used Ouija boards? Do you dabble in anything in particular? And they say no. And we usually tell them, like, because we're going to find out, like, you know. And usually when they say no, we usually find evidence. It's like, okay, well, yeah. what's that in the closet? It's like, it's, you, we always find a Ouija board someplace. And, you know, it's just yeah. tell us because we need to know for everyone's protection. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, I go to the Paracon. Well, I've been going to the New Jersey Paracon, and you know, I mean, meet with up with Jason Hawes. I have a buddy from Barefoot Paranormal, and he took my cover photo on my team's uh, picture on my on team's Facebook. Um, they had an exhibit this couple of years ago that had haunted haunted artifacts, and me, I said, okay, I'll walk through it and everything. As soon as I walked in that room, I was like, I wanted to get out as fast as I could. And I was like, no, I think I was talking about doing Ouija board stuff. I was like, oh, hon, <laughs> yeah. should I go through it when we go this year? <laughs> you know, but uh, but I fight some of it. You know, I was like, I can fight this. You know, and I said, it's not going to do nothing. Just just keep your composure. Be fine. Just let them do what they have to do. But you know, the energy's there. Just 
act normal. Maybe they won't do nothing. Thank God nothing happened, but I, I kept it going. I walked through it, enjoyed myself and everything, and walked back into reality, and I felt good. <laughs> you know, because it's the negativity. I, I, I get scared on because I know these guys can latch themselves anytime they want and everything. One little screw up, they can do it. And I try to watch this and everything. That's why I teach my new new guys and everything. Just watch what you open up because if you can't close it, and that's what people don't understand about Ouija boards. They don't know how to close them right. Yeah, like I think if, if Ouija boards are used correctly, uh, it's not an issue. But for the most part, people don't know how to how to use them correctly. And that's when the issues start. Like, like sage in the house and everything. My friends, when my friend's ex-girlfriend tried to sage the house by herself and everything. Said, you can't do that. You're not doing it right. Well, they were moving out of the house and everything. He was downstairs in the basement and everything, and it was just him and I in the house and everything. And I knew something was in that house because I, I, I lived there with him at one time. And I hear a conversation going on, and I'm like, "Where the heck is coming from?" You know, I hear voices. And it's just you and him there. Yeah, it, it's like when I lived in Virginia with my mom's friend and everything. We're sitting at the uh, dining room table playing cards. And my son was in the other room, you know, watching cartoons and stuff like that. And we hear people conversate. And this is when I knew her ability and stuff like that. The wife now, I mean, her ability, I, I don't know what it is, but I love it because she senses it so bad that she'll, she'll know it when it's there. And she'll give me the heads up and everything. Like, I did an investigation at a cemetery, which I want to go back to, but I want to definitely make sure I got the right people to know what they're doing because I was up there with um, two of my members up there because we, we had a small crew that night and she was actually going to throw holy water through the cemetery because it's mostly children and I felt something near me and like that and everything and next thing you know she goes, leave him alone. And everything. She heard him, you know, put a cross on my forehead and stuff like that. And, everything. and she felt something was really close to me and everything was negative and everything. And we got out of there after that. And there's sometimes I get scared. Yes, I do get scared. We a all bit, do. Yeah. But I'm not going to be like Brian, like Brian, which is named off of the taps, ran from the, in the prison, <laughs> you know. And I tell my guys, I said, if you. Don't feel like Jason Hawes always says, if you don't feel comfortable, just you don't have to be here. You can just get, get out of that situation and everything before it's too late. I always tell my guy, go back to home base and we'll switch off. If you don't feel comfortable, just tell us, just get, get out of there. And everything. You don't have to, I'm not forcing you to be in there, you know, because like I said, you never know when these things are going to latch. So true. And we got a lot of people that say, you know, you're a paranormal investigator. You guys should never get scared. We always get scared at least once. You know, it, it's natural. Yeah, it's like my investigator, Bobby. <laughs> I hate to bring this up. My wife's going to look at me and laugh. But, you know, we were at the, you know, that, at the uh, uh, prison, you know, and he, I'm actually using the recorder down in the tunnel and stuff like that. And I'm listening to it and everything. You actually can hear him. I'm scared. I'm scared of the dark. I want to get out of here. Scared of the dark. And you want to be a oh. paranormal investigator. Yes. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, my my second lead shaking his head. My wife was shaking her head. You know, she had my hand a little bit because she was in front of me and I was in back of her, protecting her in case something happened with her. You, you know, I'm right there. But he, I can hear him on the recorder, you know, I'm scared. Can I get out of here? I mean, this tunnel, you know, is long. It, it connects all all the, you know, areas of the prison and stuff like that. It's an also hot, old hospital, too, before they turn into a prison. But he's scared and everything. And my my second lead's asking, questioning, has Bobby said something about you? You know, something like, I guess, no, I didn't. You know, real fast. Like, you can hear it in his voice. He's scared. And every little crack he heard while we were walking scared, to, you know, scared him and everything i was like you're scared that's not for everyone why are you with us if you yeah if you're scared of the tunnel why'd you go down the tunnel with us <laughs> you, you know 
the wife, yeah, she was scared, but she'd done it. You know, she has you know, a phobia of big crowds, but she actually went to the Paracon. She actually nice. did very well. And, you know, um, she's scared of heights, of course, too, and, and everything. We went to a waterfall one time, and we actually did a hike and everything. She actually pushed herself to get to that waterfall. And we walked across a suspended bridge and everything, which she was scared of, but she done. She's getting over her fear slowly. Like with the, the field, she's slowly getting used to what we're doing more and more. And she takes charge of a lot. You know, if she doesn't like what people do, she'll say something. She's the one who fired them two investigators because of stupidity. You know, the one girl I wish... I never let her on the team. I, I, if I knew she was like that and everything, I would never let her on this group because I I wanted to. <laughs> I, I don't want to want to do what to do with her. So, what do you have any any investigations that stand out in your mind that you absolutely thought this is amazing? We have a lot of ev- a lot of evidence here. Mm, I'd say Gettysburg is always my all time favorite. I get good evidence and. Like, there's this picture I've been analyzing for years. Like, I can't find it now because I lost half my, my, my evidence, you know, my pictures from past investigations and everything. I've still been trying to analyze this picture. I think it's on the team's page, but I can't remember what it's at. I don't know if it is or it got deleted somehow. But it's at Devil's Den and everything, and we're trying to figure out what was standing there, you know. And... and you're thinking, you know, this place is really active and everything. And what is that? <laughs> but you can't zoom up it anymore because the computer won't let you zoom up from so far. And and you still can't explain it. I mean, I mean, I remember when we did the cemetery when we first started and everything. My buddy goes, hey, you want some camera time while you're doing EVPs? I said, sure, why not? I got a class A EVP. I was saying, yeah, I want some, you know, time with it and everything. And all I hear is, what? Right after my voice, I was like, what was that? (laughs) You know? And my buddies couldn't hear it when when we first analyzed it, you know, the recorder that night. And they go, I didn't hear nothing. I was like, guys, you can't hear it. No, I can't hear nothing. I was like, all right. I hooked it to my surround sound. And I cranked my surround sound the whole way up. And they still couldn't hear it. I was like, you guys are deaf. (laughs) It's right you know i mean i use audio city you know um i mean i clear it clears up some of it and everything you know but sometimes i get some good clear ones but sometimes you don't always get it or anything sometimes you have to really listen to make sure it's not your team members asking questions but i mean my yeah my favorite would be Gettysburg because i get a lot of good stuff down there I mean, even if you don't even have the evidence to prove it, but you have it in your mind that you've seen it with your first hand and everything, that's the best evidence that you're ever going to have. But you can't show it to people. But, you know, I would like to show more of our evidence, you know, over the years. But some of it I got lost. Like Nick deleted some of the, the pictures oh, by accident. Because, no. yeah. Yeah, he accidentally deleted. He was going through, you know, putting on a disc and nothing. You know, he must have hit delete and deleted all, all of them. Uh, like, oh, he must have kicked himself. No, he, he did and everything. Uh, he wanted to come back with the team after I took over and everything. I won't let him back and everything because I'm afraid he'll try to take over, and which he is no longer investigating anyway and stuff like that. I won't. I won't let him back because I'm afraid that he's going to do something wrong. I mean, I told him, I told him about an investigation years ago when we first started and everything. I said, Hey, Nick, we need to go to Captain Hill. Oh, there's nothing there. I was like, read this. And I told him to read it. Oh, we'll go one of these days. Never went down there. A few years later, after I had the team and everything, and Nick and I went down there that day, Nick did not feel comfortable while we were there. I was like, now you know, understand why I feel while I'm at this investigation, why I, I, but I still come here. I still get some evidence of some things. Like I was telling you about my ex and every time I contacted her through the K2 meter. And I, it kept on going off every time I asked a question. She only knew, you know, it's like, oh my God, I can't drive home. I said, one of my investigators, guys, you have to drive my car. I, I can't drive my car. My anxiety's through the roof, you know. 
Because I won't drive my car when my anxiety's up. I'm, I'm very picky on that because of safety reason, because I could hurt my team. I could hurt myself or hurt yep. anybody. So I'm always thinking ahead, you know, somebody else drive so I can calm down a little bit. Well, when we're on the way home. I said, Mike, pull the car over for a second. I'm going to try one more thing. Why? Just, just listen to me. So my ex used to hate when other people would try to touch me. And my car, when you shut the car down, you have to open the doors to shut the car completely down with no power on it. And, and I asked, I said, are you here with us now? Christy, are you here? And last thing I know, that K2 meter was going through the roof in the car. I was like, oh, my God, she's in the car. She's with us. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so now i got to live with, with this in, in my car. Like I said about the blob, she jumped in the car. My one, lead, my one, my one investigator saw her stand on the corner uh, and, and everything. I actually saw her smirk, sit in the back seat of the car when I used to back the car up. I'm like, oh, my God. Thank God, lately, I haven't seen her lately. But sometimes my wife does feel her presence. She's never met her, though, but she'll feel her presence in that car. And but sometimes I won't feel it. But sometimes now, lately, I have notions she's not around anymore. But I think she's with my son. Mm. Watching over him. Yeah, he was actually in Ukraine. And he got brought back to the States. Oh, your son? He's Is he military? Yes. Oh. Yes, okay, he's on. Yep. He's in Fort Hood, Texas. He makes me proud every day. <laughs> I, I have a sticker back in my car that says Army Dad. Well, thank him for his service from this Canadian. Yeah. He, I, I, pro- I, I love talking to him every, when I get a chance and everything. He calls me when he can, you know, when he's not with his girlfriend. But, <laughs> you know, but he, he does good for himself. I'm proud of him every day. Do you have any team members on your. Um that would be considered the designated psychic? Because there's a lot of team that have psychics on there and some of them don't want to have any. Do you have any on your team? I don't think we do. We, we were ha- about to have one. Then she backed away from something. It just, she didn't feel right with it. So I didn't force join. So she just backed away. And I mean, I don't know if the wife has it, but I, but you know, some of my investigators, like they have different abilities, and I'm still trying to get used to what they have and everything. And that's why I always ask them, what is your ability to help this group and everything? What are you good at? To like, say, if we need something to help a family, what can you help to help them? Um, and something like that. You know, I mean, I would like to take my, I was going to, like, a couple of years ago, I was going to take my dog Shadow on <laughs> a ghost hunt with me, but never did. Mm. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Jay did it one time, and you know, animals sense more than we sense. Definitely, yeah. And stuff like that. And my, I mean, I'd love to take mine with me, but she's a big baby. Huh. What kind of dog? A full blood pit. Ah, okay. A pit bull. Yeah. Yeah, she's a big baby. Um, I would take her with me on investigations, but right now I don't know how, how she's going to act with people because right now she's still getting over her anxiety. Mm hmm. Uh, she was attacked at six months old from our neighbor's uh, picture. No. He, um, he almost killed her. Yeah. Poor baby. And they finally got, yeah, they finally got her, him off her, and the female got her, and stuff like that. I had rushed her to the vet and stuff like that, but, you know, right now she's up mummy's butt. <laughs> <laughs> she's laying on mummy. But I would love to try that with her, but I, I don't know how her anxiety would be, you know? Yeah. I'm scared that, you know, what happened and stuff like that and everything. Yeah, so it's probably uh, not a good idea to bring on any investigations, at least at least now. Yeah, I know if you had a choice to uh, go anywhere in the world to do an investigation, do you have a favorite uh, favorite spot that you would like to go to? The, Wa- the, Waverly, the Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Waverly Hills, yep. My friend, uh, Kentucky, which his nickname is Kentucky, he's from there. And he moved here a few years back. Well, when he was 60, he moved here. I became friends with him. Um, but that's my dream location. Like I said, I have a few on my bucket list. And that's one of the biggest places I want to go to is there. Still there? Is that better? Oh, there you are. <laughs> yep, I'm here. Okay. So I got about the Waverly Hills part. And then after that, it was kind of kind of sketchy. 
I have more places on my bucket list mm-hmm. and everything like the Axe Murder House, um, the old Pittsburgh Hospital. Is there any place outside of the U.S. that you would like to go sometime? I'm not sure yet. I'm working overseas, but the only problem is life's like Steve. She won't fly in an airplane. She's scared of heights. And, yeah. But she'll get over it sooner or later, but you know, I'm not going to push her into heights and everything. Yep, she's taking her time. Yeah. And I don't force her to do anything she doesn't want to do. So before we um, sign off, could you tell the listeners where they can find you and your team? Uh, Facebook at Shadows of the Unknown Paranormal. Uh, Twitter, um, S-O-U-T-H-P-11. And I can't remember the website off the top of my head, but there is a link on the Facebook page. And also... Uh, the best ghost team one on Instagram. Okay. And you listeners, I'll be adding the uh, links to the show notes. So the listeners will have an easier time to find you. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jim. I really appreciate you being here. We had some technical issues, but I think we can work with this. So, uh, I thank you so much and, uh, you take care of my best to your team. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 